0: All right, let's go through this. So how many of you guys want to unleash the most powerful force in the world? And it sounds corny because you talk about love, but it is, guys, I'm telling you. And, and uh, I'm not going to go through this now, but if you've read the, the healing codes and the love code, and you want just a total secular one. To sh- I think this is the best book out of all of them. But The Heart math Solution. But I, here's what I would tell you. I was, I was showing Barb. I said, I wouldn't have understood this if I didn't read the healing code and love code first. So don't jump to this one first. This is totally secular, so don't, don't expect to be Jesus and amen and all this thing. But I, to me, it's powerful because the science world confirms what the gospel does to you. Does that make sense? In fact, let me share one thing in here. This guy's name is Doc Childress. As a young man, I, Doc, used to love reading Norman Vincent Peale's books on the power of positive thinking. Although I enjoyed practicing Peale's positive affirmations, I've done that. How many of you guys have done that? You've done all the positive affirmations. You're going, this still isn't very positive. Where is it? I'm still not seeing it, right? Here's why. Although I enjoyed practicing Peel's positive affirmations, sometimes my emotion, my emotional world, the real you, I would tell you, your heart, the emotional world would go into a funk and refuse to go along with those positive thoughts, right? You're going, I am successful, I am successful, I am successful. And your heart's going, you're a liar, you're a liar, look at you, right? 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 And that's why, that's why quoting scripture without a heart, I am healed, I am healed, I am healed. I get it. They're, granted, it, it helps to start to line up your, your, your emotions with your head. But if you don't line up both and if you don't heal your heart, your heart's going to overtake everything ultimately. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what your head's saying. All right? So if refused to go along with my positive thoughts, I could change my thoughts but not my mood. You guys have experienced that? We're doing these positive affirmations and somehow you feel worse afterwards. Because your heart is going, that is not true. I know you're saying these things, but it's just not true. So we need to get after the heart. And that's why, that's why scripture says, guard your heart. That's why Jesus said, oh, the whole new covenant says, listen, I'm not going to write my, my, how life works on stones anymore that can't be broken. Right? I'm going to write it on a fleshy heart, something that can be changed. I'm going to talk directly to you through your heart. That's how you hear God. Follow me? And I'm convinced that there's a lot of what we would call heathens, that hear God better than most Christians because they're, just, they're, they're hearing God and they're, they're not concerning themselves by all these religious activities. And that's why they come up to you and they go, Mike, my God wouldn't do this. And I, I think the best way to handle those guys is, is this, is go, my God wouldn't do this. And I go, man, you're hearing God perfectly. My God wouldn't do that anyway. You're hearing him perfectly. Because you're right, that God would never do that. He's a loving father. He's got love in his life. He's never killed one person in his life. The, only, the first time death came in is when they ate from the wrong tree. So when they ate from the tree of mixture, they will surely die, is what he said. So death always comes. You've got to go look through Scripture and find where that tree is eating. And you'll see there's always man believed the wrong thing about themselves. That's what, that's what killed them. So God's light and love just came in and exposed them. They couldn't do anything. But God loved them perfectly. He didn't kill them. Follow me? In fact, every, every tragedy, every calamity, whether it's the flood or whatever, God warned them. Before he came to Jerusalem, 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 I wish I could gather you. He was weeping because they wouldn't listen to him, right? So he wasn't telling them, shape up and stop sinning. What was he telling them to do? Believe in me, right? But you won't listen, so you're gonna die. I've tried to save you. Anyway, you guys get it? God's not angry at you, and he's gonna come and zap you with a fire and brimstone. All right, as I embarked on my research into the human heart, I realized that people are more a product of their feeling world than their thinking world. I concluded that the biblical saying has a purpose as a person thinking in his heart, so is he would have had a very different meaning if it said, as a person thinketh in his head. But it says, as a person thinking in his heart. Amen? So I'm trying to get at your heart and show you who you are in Christ. Follow me? So don't worry if you take, write notes or anything like that. Not so you guys take notes. I, I get it. But you know what? Honestly, just go, what does it really mean? I'm perfectly loved by the Father, and I'm in the Father's house. So everything's going to be okay. Oh, see, that gives me rest. And I stop right, that thing going on, so let's go, let's go. all right, let's talk about this, uh, can you just put the cursor on there, Jeff, either that or my battery died, one of the two, okay, all right, the law makes cowards of us all, it says, listen, the weak and beggarly elements of the law, the law makes you weak, physically weak, emotionally weak, and it makes you beggarly, poor, it really does, and that's why you see John, it says, beloved above all, so I want you to prosper and be in health as your what prospers? As your soul when you start to believe the right thing about yourself. But the law was only given to show you how bad you are. It says the law was given so that sin would increase. You guys got that? I know it's different than your Sunday school teacher taught you. Follow these laws. And then you're wondering, like, we want to go out and be crazy. Something stirred up in you. The law was given to stir that up, right? So the law makes a sin conscious, which causes fear. The minute they ate from I'm, I'm not good enough by my actions, or I'm good by my actions, the the very first thing where we see fear come in and death come in. Hey, Adam and Eve only eat from Jesus, the tree of life. That's the truth about your life. The truth is not good and a little bit of works mixed in. That's the good and evil. That make sense? The minute they ate from that and they realized, no, I didn't do something right because I'm naked now. I need to go clothe myself is what they thought, right? I need to go do some work. And God goes, no, 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 you can't use fig leaves. I have to put what on them? He said, blood. He put skins on them. So the very time, first time a lamb was slain. He goes, I need to do something for your heart, right? Because the fig leaves aren't going to do it. That's why Jesus, when he came out of Jerusalem and he cursed the fig tree, he said, never eat from this tree again. Because the law, the fig tree looks good. It looks, hey, if I'm good, then I'm going to experience life out of that. But he said, listen, all it's going to do is it looks good, but it cannot produce fruit. So you should never eat from that tree ever again. It's all common sense once you start understanding what the Bible says. So, and we've turned it into this faith thing. Like, I can speak to that fig tree and make stuff happen and move the mountain. That's not even what he was talking about. What he's saying is, hey, never eat from this fig tree ever again. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eat from innocence, Jesus. That's all I want you. Your life is wrapped up in Jesus 100%. Yeah, but I just made a mistake this morning. You're, you're not even supposed to be conscious of that mistake. You're supposed to be conscious of one tree, the tree of life, Jesus is your life, amen? We're oaks of righteousness is what it says. We, he, 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 he makes man trees all the time, I don't know why. but it's, He makes us trees. So the law makes us sin conscious, which causes fear. That's what we saw in Adam and Eve. I'm not good based on just because I'm a son anymore, I have to go do something. They were deceived by the enemy and death came in and fear came in. And so he you know, you I gotta get rid of the works thing. I get rid of that works tree, that fig tree, I need to sacrifice a lamb to cleanse your heart. So he covered them with skins. So God showed them there's no way, but without the sh- shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. That was the very first lamb. Cool? You guys get it? All right. So the love of the Father, the, ple- the complete forgiveness of sins releases the love of the Father, the most powerful force in the world. I believe this is if you can just meditate on, man, I'm completely sinless. That's got to be the first part because we need to, uh, and it's not your actions. That's what I need people to get. It has nothing to do with action. It had to do with the belief. God wasn't mad at them that they ate from the tree. He knew what it would produce. It would produce fear in them. He wasn't mad. He came at where? Who told you that you're not a son and you're naked, right? Man, I need to, I need to redeem them back. So let's, keep, let's go through scripture here. Hebrews 10.1. I know I've shown you this, but the first part, it has to be a cleanse for our sin, guys. You have to know that you're completely righteous in every way, despite you. I don't know how else to say it or get it across, but just keep going through these scriptures like, man, I'm sinless. So this whole Easter week, we've talked about that. You know, Jesus, the Passover lamb comes in. He's inspected for four days in Jerusalem. Nobody can find any fault with him, and he's the sacrifice. So as long as the lamb was perfect, we walk away with favor, honor, glory, riches, power, everything that the lamb deserved, we received. Guys get it? So and the Jews understood this, but Christians don't, so that's why I have to kind of teach you. Hebrews 10.1, for the law, having a shadow of good things that were going to come and not the very image, those lambs weren't the real thing. Jesus was the real thing. Does Everybody understand that? Because everybody, types and shadows, what do you mean? It means these were pictures or stories um, or allegories that should point you to, this is what, I know we're talking about a furry little lamb here, but I'm pretty sure there's not a furry little lamb up in heaven. It's Jesus. He was, those lambs were pictures of what Jesus is going to do for us. Follow me? Okay. So, those furry little lambs weren't the real thing. It was Jesus was the real thing. It's probably the right way to do this, okay? But the Jews knew, as long as that furry little lamb was perfect, I walked away completely sinless, and I can expect... Guys, if you go, go everywhere in Scripture, and if they're in the presence of the Father, if they can stand in the presence of the Father, are they not victorious in every way? Always. Is there always healing all the time? Always. Is there always victorious in every battle? Always. Always. As when the Father or God to them, they didn't dare call him Father, but when God retreated, when his presence left, that's when things went bad, right? But he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We're in his presence nonstop. So this whole come boldly to the throne is really just to reset our mind, going, hey, you know what? I don't care what it looks like right now. Come boldly to the throne because you're in God's presence forever, amen? And stop trying to be healed. Just trust that he's gonna heal you. Be persuaded in your heart that if he loves me perfectly. Of course, he'll heal me. Because I see more people trying to be healed and say the right thing and be in faith. And faith is, a, faith is a persuasion of the heart that I have all those things based on Jesus. I believe Jesus did it for me versus me trying to do it for me, including my faith. I'm not worried about my faith. Does that make sense? Because how much faith did you have when you were dead in sins and he died for you? None. The same way you receive Jesus, so you walk in him is what it says you were just persuaded of something. So the only way you're going to be persuaded that he wants to heal you, for instance, is his love for you. Now, I know everybody else puts these conditions on if you haven't, if you've got unforgiveness, if you're still dabbling with this sin, etc. There's a little bit of truth in that because you think that sin is keeping you from God's favor. It's not. You've just believed that, okay? So if you can have no more consciousness of sin, that's what we're after. Because now, how was that? And we'll go through these scriptures. It was not the very image, can never with those same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. So there is going to be one, the real Jesus, that makes those who approach perfect. You guys see this? All right, verse 2. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, for the worshippers once purified would have no more consciousness of sin. Because they knew that I'm good for another year, right? But this lamb, after one sacrifice, if you keep reading it, but this lamb, after he sacrificed one sacrifice forever, sat down. Right? So communion is not a remembrance of sin, it's a remembrance of what Jesus done for us. That's why I said, do this in remembrance of me. But the church has put remembrance of your sin. Don't take it if you've got sin, etc. None of you can take it then. All right? But this man, verse 12, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins for how long? Forever. forever. So if all of our sins are gone forever, should we have a consciousness of it? <laughs> no. That's what I'm trying to get at. Sin is not your actions. Something in your heart that you don't believe the gospel produces those actions, but that is not God's challenge. God's challenge is, I want you to believe the right thing and only eat from the tree that's going to produce life. Okay? All right. So this man, after he had one sacrifice forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting until his enemies are made his footstool. What's the last enemy that will be destroyed? Death. Guess what? He's even conquered that. Jesus had to die because he he wanted to show you that he died for our iniquities, but on the third day he rose because we were justified. Justified means See, this is, to the Jewish mind, I'm trying to get you to think the same way. The fact that Jesus, the penalty for sin is what? Death. So if there was still any sin in mankind, could Jesus rise? No. But the fact that he could rise means sin's been conquered. Because the penalty for sin is death. Well, if there's no sin, then he could rise. That's why he said he rose for your justification. Now they know sin's gone, guys. That was the perfect lamb. There's no sin in the world anymore. That'll get you thrown out of church. That message right there will get me thrown out of church. Well, you, Look at them. They're all doing all these things over there. Yeah, and so are you in your heart. That's what Jesus said. You self-righteous little turd, you. So, <laughs> From that time, wait until his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Guys, sin is conquered. Even if our physical body dies, guess what you're going to get? No sin, you're going to get your glorified body. Sin and death's been conquered, guys. You get it all. That's what Paul goes, the only thing I'm still waiting for is my glorified body. Everything else I know has already been conquered, amen? See, that gave him life. He could believe in that, like, yeah, someday, you know what? There's things here going on, etc. but someday, I'm not even going to experience that. He's conquered that. It'll be perfection. Isn't that cool? So the fact that Jesus could rise, guys, means sin of the world's been taken away because that was one sacrifice forever, amen? You guys get it? Okay, does that help you? Okay, now let's, step, let's take the next part of the gospel because the first part of the gospel was, hey, if you've done anything wrong, bring the lamb to the high priest, right? The high priest inspects it. He goes, this one's good because there's nothing wrong with this lamb. So the perfection of the lamb, little, the lamb's sinlessness is transferred to me. You guys understand that? That's what the lamb's all about. So the first step has to be I have no sin because Jesus rose from the dead. He was the perfect lamb. There's, he conquered sin. Now man has no, has no more sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why I said, behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world when he saw John the Baptist, where John the Baptist saw the real lamb. Behold, there's the real lamb, right? You guys know you're sinless? Yes. I hope so. It's a daily grind, isn't it? It's a daily reminding of our heart going, gosh, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you see me as the spotless lamb. Man, And you meditate on his love for you, it releases everything, guys. And we saw the opposite in the, in the healing codes, et cetera. When we feel guilty, when we feel ashamed, if we're trying to do everything here, we typically get into depression and worry. We can't figure out what's going on. It's something in our heart that we haven't received the gospel yet. Does that, does that make sense to you guys? But if we can really meditate on how much he loves you, and that's what the whole book's about, And he loves me perfectly. That's why I love that Joseph Prince testimony in that that book where he went into that insane asylum. And all he did was sing, Jesus loves me for a month. And two, three months later, everybody was gone. No streams, no deliverance, no come out in Jesus' name, nothing. Listen, you preach the gospel of Jesus, it it heals their heart and nonsense leaves. There's nothing you have to do. Because we need to heal the heart. Follow me? Okay, let's keep going. So you're perfected forever because sin's been conquered forever. Well, how will they know unless there's a preacher? That's what it says, right? So I'm trying to preach it. Okay, all right, let's go 1 John. So now, now if we have no sin, meaning that we're in the Father's house, was, the minute Adam and Eve, that's what it says, the minute the Ark of the Covenant and the high priest went into the River Jordan, sin was backed up to a city called the first man, Adam. Sin was backed up. Water is always a, the floods were always a picture of judgment. That's what it says, the, the waters were at flood stage, the floods, it was judgment, right? So, the minute the high priest and the lamb stepped into the waters at flood stage, that judgment backed up all the way to the first man as if you've never committed any sin. Isn't that cool? That's cool if you understand it. So, oh, okay. So, if Adam and Eve have never sinned, right? We're wrapped up in man is what it says. We're either wrapped up in the first man or the last Adam, the first Adam or the last Adam. He's a federalist God. If one man's perfect, I can treat all of you as perfect, But if one man's guilty, that's why I said, I can find no man. I can't find anybody that's able to redeem mankind, right? That's why all the elders and everybody were weeping in heaven, because nobody could release those seals. Sin and death owns us. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's this lamb, which was Jesus, right? He's worthy to relieve those. So he found one perfect man, is one man's perfect? He said, I just need one man to stand in the gap for all mankind, So he sends his own son to be perfect. Now, all of you are perfect forever is what it says. So if you're perfect forever, what can you expect to receive from the father? Whatever the father has. That's why in John, it says, listen, up until now, you've never asked anything in my name. What's his name? They believed he was the savior. I'm willing to be married to the savior versus married to the law. The old covenant, they thought, I'm married to the law. When the law was given on Mount Sinai, they looked at it as, I'm married to that. That's why in Romans Paul goes through that. Listen, if there's a death now, you're no longer an adulterer if you switch to another covenant. He wants you to be married as a chaste version to me. So I'm going to provide a death for you, Jesus. Don't you know that was your death, right? So if you died, or if if one of us dies in our marriage covenant, are we still married in that covenant? No, I'm dead. So that's what Jesus said. I'm going to provide a death for you. Don't you know that death was your death? You guys died when Jesus died. Now you can be born again in a perfect spirit. As if you've never sinned. That's born again. You guys understand this? As if I've never sinned. Sin's been backed up to a city called Adam. That's the spirit I'm going to find life in. It's a good spirit. It's not, hey, stop doing that. It'll cause more. What you need to know is he loves me perfectly. So I'm in the Father's house again. As if I've never sinned. Man, then I, when that releases something in where you start to believe, guys, you know, the world calls it self-image and all these things. And I go, it, the, the healthy self-image doesn't come from, hey, work on your self-image. It comes from everything the Father has, I have, even his perfection. Hallelujah. I don't need to stop. I can stop worrying about this thing. And guys, if it doesn't look perfect for a while, that's what Paul said in Romans. He said, listen, neither death, life, poverty, none of that separates us from the love of God. Don't worry about that situation. You can be confident that he still loves you. All the, all the promises are still in effect. Because I think most of us, this is what we were actually taught in Bible school. If there's something wrong with us, which part of the covenant are you fulfilling? And then our brain starts going, oh, that, 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 that. No, nobody knows about that one, so this one. Um. <laughs> you know what we do? We start going, Lord, I'm trying so hard. I can't feel this stupid covenant. Who will save me from this wretched man? Lord, which part of the covenant are you fulfilling? <laughs> I use Laura because she went to Bible school with us to, at the same time. Wasn't that what we were taught? Hey, if there's something not wrong, if and then Paul comes in Romans and he says, listen, death, life, poverty, nothing separates from that's not a, an evidence about who you are. And how we can look to Jesus. Jesus had nothing out in the wilderness. He was he had no food, he had no water, he had no clothing. He's in the wilderness. And he says, I still believe that I'm the son in the father's house. That's how we're supposed to look. It's it's an issue of the heart, not external things. Follow me? So if there's something wrong externally, work on this heart thing. He loves me perfectly. Now you can actually think more clearly. You you start to have the, the wisdom of Christ is okay, I'm back in the father's house because of Christ. By the obedience of one man, I've been perfected forever. Bring every thought into the obedience of Christ, right? So, guess what? Well, if I'm back in the Father's house, and if Christ asked for anything from the Father, would He get it? Then guess what? You're a joint heir of Jesus Christ. You're married to Him. He says, you can go straight to the Father's house. I don't need to be the intermediary anymore. I've opened up the door. All of you can come boldly to the throne and call Him Dad. If you can call Him Dad, that means you can have anything in the Dad's house. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? And so... So let me just sh- share one thing here, because most of these guys are my friends, but when you start hearing all this, he's going to accelerate, and um, oh, what are all the words they use? This is the year of breakthrough, and this is the year, guys, baloney, every year is. The year of breakthrough was 2,000 years ago. That was the jubilee year. You know, well, I can feel in the spirit that this is aligning, and God's, God's shifting. You guys hear this stuff? He's not shifting, Jack. He doesn't change. He never, I'm like, can you read? Right? He's always this way. You guys know what I'm talking about? Because, and I get it, guys. They're so desperate for a breakthrough and everything else. You know, I heard this prophet and this, and most of these guys are my friends, and we have to go, just shut up and eat. You know? <laughs> you know I'm talking, like the different people and prophets and everything that we're hanging out with. And I'm like, would you just stop? Dude, you've been talking about convergence for 20 years and nothing's converged yet because you don't, <laughs> you don't believe it's converged 2,000 years ago until you believe it's convergence. he's not shifting. He's not doing nothing. He did it. It's finished. You can believe it. It's a covenant. Now that find rest for me. Does that make sense to you guys? So when people, hey, if you're getting excited because he's going to accelerate this year, the only way he's going to accelerate is you go, Lord, accelerate, I'm ready. He goes, I've been just been waiting for you. For 20 years, you've been waiting for me to converge. And this spirit and this prophet, no. The prophecy in the new covenant is the testimony of Jesus, is what it says. Your life is wrapped up in Jesus. He's your perfect identity. So once you believe that, anything in the Father's house, ask for it and chill. No, but if you had now faith, it would happen now. No, they'll get you right back out of, I'm just telling you. That's that's wrong teaching. The the book I read says, listen, if it doesn't happen right now, let let patience have its perfect work. And you'll be perfect in every way. You'll be complete in every way. Just chill, man. I will do this. Work on your heart. Just believe that I love you enough that he's going to do everything. Does that that make sense to you guys? Now, a lot of people don't dare preach that because they think it's going to cause you to get lazy. It'll cause you to be ambitious. It'll be a fruit of the spirit now. God, Lord, you know, I'm just enjoying life. Whether I have this thing, don't have it. Whether I'm in poverty, whether I'm, I'm just enjoying life. And I know I can trust you enough, you're going to turn it around for me. Does that make sense to you guys? That's the whole hold it in a loose hand concept. And I know it goes against the word of faith, how most of us talk. No, you can't do that, because if you don't have enough faith, he's not going to heal you. I didn't have enough faith when I was dead in sin, yet he still died for me. Now it says, if that was the truth, now how much more is he going to do everything for me now that I'm righteous? That's Paul's argument, so he, he destroys that argument, all right? So 1 John 4.10, how many of you guys have tried to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul? And it got worse, <laughs> didn't it? Didn't, it? Did you, didn't you start getting angry? Yeah. This love thing, <laughs> enough, right? But if some of you self-righteous Christians. No, I would never say that. I would never do that. See, he's so unrighteous. I can't believe this guy. Oh, baloney. Right? I get around you, something, something negative happens in your life, and then a farm word comes out. Like, go, ah, oh, okay. So, all right. Right? <laughs> now we're there. Now we're there, right? Now let's get down to the truth. It's not your love for him. In this is love. Not that we love God. That should give you a rest. Hallelujah. It's not my love for him. Hallelujah, man. Our worship team gets this, which I appreciate you guys for that. Because most worship teams go, I love you so much, Lord. And in the same breath, they're cursing somebody. And then Jesus goes, listen, it doesn't work. You can't love me enough, and it has to be my love for you. Now that gives you a rest, okay? Whew. And this is love. Not that I love God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation from our sins. You know what propitiation means? Mercy seat. What was the mercy seat all about? As long as the lamb was accepted, that lamb could be sacrificed. The high priest would go in once a year, seven times sprinkle blood seven times where man had to stand because seven's perfection. Now, man, you can stand there in perfection. You can stand at my throne in perfection. is that cool? And one time on the mercy seat because it was just a picture of Jesus is going to place his blood one time on that mercy seat forever. So Jesus was the real picture. As long as that high priest came in and the lamb was accepted, right? The Jews had a feast and a party. Why did they have a feast and a party? because they were sinless and they could expect the very best from God that year. They could expect healing. They could expect blessing. They could expect supernatural crops. They could expect supernatural things in their business. If you expect all that, what do you do? Let's go celebrate, right? If something happens exciting in your life, we go celebrate. Well, I do. Some of you guys go, no, let me get closer to God and go fast. Go have at it. I'm going to go celebrate. Follow me? I'll lead more people to Christ being joyful than you. Just a solemn Christian and clean up your act. You, I wouldn't respond. I'm like, nah, you, no. I've, I grew up like that. I saw all you guys. I saw all you guys. I, I want nothing to do with that. All right, the sinners are fun, aren't they? I, I get energized by them. I do. Like you guys are just crazy. You're awesome. I love hanging around you guys. And then you start sharing. Now that doesn't mean I run around doing everything they do. Does that make sense? But I love Barb knows this I'm always like bring me the heathen, man. They're the most fun. These guys grew up in church. Where's Chad? Is Chad here? Yeah, I saw him earlier. Yeah, we couldn't even watch we couldn't even listen to Amos Moses if we were them. We just listened to Amos Moses before you came in, Ron. Through the church, <laughs> so all right. So here in His love, it's not. Don't worry about you loving Him enough. He's trying to persuade your heart of how much He loves you. Okay. Now let's go. Let's just read. Another, I could pick thirty verses that do this. John one twenty nine. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, "Behold, the Lamb of God who does what." That's the real one that we've all been waiting for. Those good things to come is what he said in Hebrews ten. This is the real one. This is the Lamb that's going to take away the, the sin of the world as if man has never fallen short all the judgment was backed up to the first man called adam hallelujah so that what i'm trying to persuade your heart as is okay so now if we uh if we know that we're completely sinless can't we expect the very best from him all right so just a couple more supporting scriptures but god who is rich in mercy mercy means we don't get what we deserve isn't that good it's not more complicated than that but that's the easiest one that most of you understand but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, we were dead. We were, we were, sin and death owned us, right? That's why they were all weeping in, in the book of Revelation. Nothing can redeem us. So we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, with Christ. So Christ is now our last Adam, our man. So if Christ was able to rise from the dead because there was no more sin, what does that mean you're going to do? You're no, you have no sin when you, when you pass out of this earthly body, you're going to get a glorified body. Hallelujah. No pains, no nothing, right? All of us can hit a golf ball 300 yards. It'd be awesome. David, you can be a cardinal. I'll, of course, be on the God's team, the Yankees. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, even when we were dead in the trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. How have you been saved? Where's the balance? By grace, I've been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in him. That, see, that's why it says when we, when we take communion, this is my body, my blood. This is why we, in our marriage vows, I go, hey, this is when we would serve cake, even though we didn't, because I got mad at the cake cutter guy. Um, did we eat cake? No, we didn't take pictures of the cake. Did we eat cake? I don't remember. I'm not a big schedule guy, and the, the photographer is trying to keep us on a schedule. Just stop. We're not going to do that, because we're just going to eat cake here right now. Anyway. <laughs> no we need to eat cake right now no we don't we're gonna eat cake when I tell you we're gonna eat cake So, all right. so we didn't I'm sorry sweetie you, you forgive me we didn't eat cake but in in a perfect world if I was the perfect husband we would have eaten cake and it, in, in what was symbolic of is this is my body in you and you're in me two have become one it's this mystery when you get married two have become one and he's in Ephesians clearly says this is a mystery of Christ in you It's supposed to be an earthly picture when somebody gets married that somehow two become one. Well, guess what? Somehow you've become one with Christ. That's the picture of it. The real thing is Christ in you. He's made us sit together in him. That means we're married to him. We've taken on his name. We've even, when he says you can use my name is as if it means now I've taken, I'm married to Jesus and I'm surnamed salvation. That's really what in my name and the, the charismatics have thought in my name means you yell it loud at the end with all your energy right? Isn't that what you taught? And by the grace of God, it works. But you know what also works? Like, Father, I just pray this in your name and I'm just going to rest. That works too. In fact, better, I think, because it doesn't freak out the non-believer. Like, what is just going on? All right. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised together and made us sit together in heavenly places in him. It's a mystery, guys. You're now married to Christ. All right? So, Verse 7, that in the ages to come, what was the first age? That old covenant age or eon was passing away. But in the ages to come, this new covenant age, this is what's the truth about your life. Okay? All right. So that in the ages to come, he might show his exceeding riches of his grace. Or we could read it. In the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his balance. It's way better. All right? In the ages to come, he might show, does, does, if, if God does something exceedingly, does it sound balanced? No. <laughs> it takes a, a mixture pastor to put balance to that. And it's tough, guys. Barb and I talk about this all the time. Pure grace is tough. It's tough for most of us to actually receive it because we've been so mixed. So when it, some of the things I say I know sounds like that can't be because my pastor says balance. I don't read it that way. If I was dead in trespasses and he died for me, how much more? That's what Paul's arguments always are. So that in the ages to come, that old age is passing away is what it says. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding, exceeds rich. Is God rich? Okay, his grace is going to exceed that. That's the level of his grace. Okay? Exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness. That same word is chesed, it's grace. It's, everything's wrapped in it. His exceeding kindness, his exceeding riches. All right? Kindness toward us if we're in Him, if we're in because He's going to treat us as He treats Christ. Follow me. How am I going to know if somebody does something to my wife? They've done something to me. You know Jesus looks at it the same way if they've done anything to you. Because you don't need to get after the program. I will. I'll take care of you. That's why. That's why. To Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul's like change this situation for me, Lord. Take this thorn out of my side. We've all been there. Lord, just make this thing go away. And what does He say? My grace is sufficient for you. You just relax. I got this. This didn't come as a surprise to me. Right? I knew we were going to go through this, and I've already got the solution. I can rest. Cool? All right. His grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by balance you have been saved. See, this is where they get these verses. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourself. It's nothing you did. See, it's faith that works by grace. I have faith. I believe that it's grace is really the right way to say that. I'm persuaded that Jesus did it for me. That's why I receive it. It's not by what I do. It's what Jesus did. That's faith. Faith is the title deed. I believe I have the title deed because of Jesus. That's another way to say it. I own that. I own riches, honor, glory, power because of Jesus. You guys follow me? I'm trying to just say it in a million ways because I don't know how all the different ways you've been taught. But this is where they get balanced. For by grace you have been saved through faith. So then they go, but it's only the level of faith. Well, the only way I'm going to get a higher level, let's just take your argument. The only way I'm going to get a higher level is to tell you that it's all yours all the time. Now you can be persuaded of that. But if I tell you, if you don't have enough of this, then your level is not going to be very high. Now you're right back into the works of the flesh. I'm going to have to go read the Bible more, do something more, stop sinning in order to receive his grace. And that is absolute falsehood. He wants to show us his exceeding riches just for the very fact that you're in Christ. Isn't that cool? That's how I see it. So, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not my works. It's a gift. If it's a gift, then could you do something? Sweetie, balance my gifts. I like this gift, but give me another one. Balance it. It's just nonsense to me. You know, and, and they're well-meaning people, but I just don't believe it. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourself. It's the gift. Not of works, lest you're going to brag about your belief level. I like to brag about my unbelief level. That sounds crazy because you think you're not going to receive anything. No, I receive a lot. Lord, it's not my belief. It's you. Thank you, Lord. I don't have to worry about whether I believe enough. I'm persuaded enough that you'll do it for me. Thank you. That's the way to live, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's a good way to live. Your heart's actually much more persuaded. Does that, does that help you guys? Does this make sense at all? Okay, so stand to your feet. <sighs> I hope I'm, I hope this is making... I get nervous that I'm just going to keep saying the same thing, and you're going to go, I'm tired of this. Hopefully it means something. I'm trying to persuade your heart, because we know that that's where everything comes. Follow me? So that's why I've been saying over and over and over, if you ever just get confused, it says, listen, you can take John. um, In fact, somebody pull up that verse where it says, up until now you haven't said anything to me, but now you can pray in my name, and I will do it so that your joy may be full. Anybody have that real quick? No, everybody's looking at me like you do it. This is your gig. You do it. So, <laughs> so let me go find it. Because I like Philippians 4, like we've been talking about a lot. Be, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the shalom of God. I'm, I'm one with Jesus. The peace of Jesus shall guard your what? Your hearts and your minds, so you don't get caught up in works that I need to earn this thing. Jesus earned it for me because he loves me so much. And if I'm persuaded how much he loves me, it's the most powerful force in the world. It raised Jesus from the dead. Lord, Jesus goes, listen, in, I, I give you my spirit. You better, this thing better work because I'm, I'm dying right now. I trust that you're, you're gonna be satisfied that I've, I've met all requirements for sin and I'm gonna live again. Into your hands, I trust, I commit my spirit, right? So, um, So, I have to speak in King James, so that joy may be full. So ah, ask that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. All right, John 16, 24. I'm just giving you different ways where you can rest your heart, okay? Because all of us have situations going on all the time, do we not? Whether it's health, whether it's money, whether it's relationships, whether it's anything that we're not experiencing life in where we're worried about something, we're not experiencing life. All that, all that means, guys, is not to condemn you. It means we have a wrong belief system in our heart somewhere that we need it fixed. And so we're asking God to fix it. Well, John 16, 24, uh, let's see. This is, new, this is NIV, so let's see what this says. Um, uh, okay, in that day you will no longer ask me anything. Verily, truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. You know, they were... They, they, Wanted to kill Jesus because he called him his father. Jesus says, by what good works do you want to stone me? And I said, we're not stoning you for, for good works. We're stoning you from blasphemy because you called yourself a son, which makes you equal to God. So now he's saying, you're equal to the father now because you can call him father. Got it? All right, I very tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, what, why? What is his name again? What is his name? It's this mystery that two have become one. Now I'm in Christ, as if Christ is even asking. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. He's my husband. So I can come in his name. Follow me? So, until now, you've not asked anything in my name. Ask and you will receive. Ask and you will receive. Ask and you shall receive, King James says this. Ask and you might, based on your balance, It does not say that. Pastors say that, but it doesn't say that. Ask, and this is difficult, guys. This is difficult. Things Because we've all prayed for things that didn't happen. I, I believe it's a condition of our heart. He goes, I don't withhold any good thing, guys. And it's not to condemn you. It's just to really go, this is more simple than we thought. If he died for us when we were dead in trespasses, how much more will we receive everything now that we're back in the father's house? We can call him dad again we can go boldly to the throne those are all these things hey guys I've got this thing covered you don't have to worry about anything but in everything through prayer ask ahiteo is really all the, the Greek word I know Jeff Forrest and I were talking about that one day it's really a mind-blowing concept where it just hey ask and you shall receive Ha, huh, doesn't that give you a rest but then we've mixed it with all these other works things like if you had enough faith it would be now because now is always now and they take it out of context follow me ask, work on your heart, go, Lord, protect my heart and mine, because I have the peace of Jesus. Whatever Jesus has, I have. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. I'm married to Jesus now. Ask, and you will receive, so that your joy may be full. That's why the feasts, as long as the lamb was accepted, they knew, I can receive every honor, blessing, riches, glory, everything of the Father. So if that lamb was accepted, we can feast we can celebrate. Hey, ask and know you'll receive, guys. Leave it in, the clo- in, a, in a loose hand. Don't worry about you having enough, not enough. Just rest your heart. Is what I would tell you. Try get out of here, and just really thank you, Lord. Put that deep in my heart, not here where I do all this brain spinning At affirmations. I am this. I am this. I am healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. We saw from those books if if you don't really believe it in your heart yet, it actually gets us all stressed well, you're not being healed because of this. No, that's nonsense, guys. That's nonsense, right? He loves you perfectly. He, he's not withholding anything. Let's just work on our heart. Let him just show you how much he loves you because that releases his full power, amen? All right, so does that help you guys? I don't even know what I wrote on that last slide, but you guys read it apparently. Is that, is that good? Anything good on there? What did I say? Did I say anything good to pray about? What did I say? <laughs> I don't know what I said on there. Had to be good though, right? Maybe, I don't know. Here's all I'm trying to get at, the point is. <laughs> oh, there's two parts to the gospel, in my opinion. That's all I'm trying to get at. First, we need to know, man, I'm sinless. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Behold the lamb that took it away. Now the second part is, I get to receive everything that that lamb deserved. Riches, honor, glory, so we can come boldly to the Father's house. Not worry about timetables. Lord, this is, you know, this is going on here. My finances here, this marriage. This is going, he doesn't want you to look at all that. He can turn things around ASAPly. It's not a word I know, but it's Air Force, right? Maybe there's a word, I don't know. Um, Probably not. So we're just coming boldly to the throne to ask him to heal our heart. That's the real issue. Does that make sense to you guys? All right, and then just rest, guys. Go about your week, and if we get frazzled, which we all do, it's just to, to bring us back to that, you know what, he loves me perfectly. There's nothing to worry about here, amen? And you'll think more rationally. Your body will heal more effectively. You'll have the wisdom of Christ. It just things start to flow. That's what people go. It's in the flow. And I've saw charismatics do that for 30 years. None of them were in the flow. Just get in the flow. Yeah, why don't you one day? They think it's falling down. and No, get in the flow is just let him, let him speak through your heart. Does that make sense? Where you start to feel his emotions. You start to feel love, You start to feel joy. You start to feel, I have this peace of Jesus. That's in the flow. And if you have that, guys, your mind is clear. Your body starts to heal. All the things I wrote on there. Does that, does that make sense? You can, start, you, can, you, can, you can start expecting the very best in your professions, your businesses, et cetera. go, Lord, I know I don't deserve anything, but the Lamb of God is worthy to receive all this. So I'm worthy. Father, I just thank you for that. And I give it to you. I give my business to you. I give everything to you. Does that help? All right, so let's just pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. We magnify you. Oh, you tried to persuade us by how much you love by sending your only son. He so said, listen, if, if you didn't deserve anything and you were dead in trespasses... I died for you. That should do something for our heart. When we were dead in trespasses, you died for us. Strictly because of your grace. Your supernatural favor, which we don't deserve a lick of it. So we receive that truth, Lord. In the same way, let us walk in every area of our life that way. That, Father, we don't deserve anything because of ourselves. We're not even conscious of ourselves anymore. We're conscious of you. We have no more consciousness of falling short. All we eat from is Jesus. The tree, a good tree. tree of life. So, Father, we thank you that whatever's going on in their businesses, we just thank you for supernatural turnaround, supernatural growth, the favor of Jesus on their lives. Hey, things don't work out exactly how they should sometimes, but we have the confidence that you're our jubilee. You restore everything sevenfold, and we just say thank you for that, that we can rest. Father, if there's relationships, just heal our hearts and minds so we can feel the love, the joy, the peace of you, that we just display your fruit. It's your life that we're actually experiencing that. So we just say thank you for that, Father. We thank you that there's anything going on in their bodies. There's nothing wrong with getting medical help, et cetera. They, they don't need to feel guilty about any of that. In fact, it helps make them feel better. So, Father, just let any of that guilt just remove it so that they can really be healed. Father, you, sure, you heal instantaneously all the time, and we ask for that right now. Father, we thank you for supernatural healing in every part of their body, especially their heart and their mind, so that that spirit can now flow through their heart and their minds, and touch their mortal bodies. So we thank thank you that every cell in your body receives the love of Christ, the most powerful force in the world. Father, they just believe that whatever they put their hand to shall prosper. They can believe in your supernatural favor that exceeds riches. In Jesus' magnificent name we pray. Amen, 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 amen.